welcome back to the podcast. It's been a couple months since we've been on here, and it's now November, and we're back, ready to go. Today, we're going to be chit-chatting with Amari Johnson, who is a junior English writing major. She told us that she is a writer, an artist, she loves to draw and to write, listen to and create music, which we'll talk more about, make jewelry, which we'll also talk about. She is the creative nonfiction editor for the Codon this year, and she loves to lead Bible studies, and she's a DM coach, which is all incredible. And I'm really pumped to talk more about not only her writing process and who she is as a writer, but also the poem that she submitted last year entitled Rapunzel to the Prince. So yes, slay. (laughs) Thank you for having me. This is fun. Yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited to speak more about it. Be interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a question to Mm -hmm. start off about what you had in your bio, Mm -hmm. which we talked a little bit about, but I want to hear you elaborate more. You create music. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. So I write music mainly, though I do know a little bit of piano and I sing. Yeah. So like in high school, I took a class for two years where we just made a bunch of songs like we would collab with each other and so at my style is more indie r&b ish but like i, I dabble i guess you know, <laughs> high school that's really sick yeah in high school. yeah i actually have a a song shut up yeah on spotify yeah do you even see the title it's called underwater Look it up, everyone. You're already on Spotify if you're listening to this. <laughs> Pretty much. That's really yeah. sick. And making jewelry. Making jewelry. You said you keep them in your backpack. I, I do keep them in my backpack. Just in case. No, it's actually a complete accident. <laughs> <laughs> it's an accident. I like, I packed them all in the bottom of my book bag when I was traveling back to school. And I never took them out. You're just like a, like a traveling... I'm a merchant. <laughs> I'm a merchant. I love that. And you said you're a part of the Codon, mm-hmm. which we are on that together. Yeah. I'm not going to elaborate on that because we're on the pub right now. But <laughs> you are on that. Tell me more, more about CNF. CNF. Um, it's one of the genres of writing that is the most painful to explain <laughs> to other people. <laughs> like, I'll tell my grandmother or like my aunt that I write creative nonfiction and they're like, oh, what is that? <laughs> it's basically essay writing with um, the genre conventions of poetry and fiction, which, yeah, I love to do. I applied for it last year and I got editors, so. And you're in the CNF class right now, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. Andrew Bratcher. That's, I've heard things about that It's class. the greatest class ever. Nice. I heard that there was like a reading about is it like rats or something? Did I make that up? It was about weasels. Weasels. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, the the weasel that got killed by an eagle. It was quite interesting. What <laughs> I guess true. <laughs> I love that. It was quite fascinating. Nice. Well, not only do you write CNF, mm-hmm. but you write poetry. Mm-hmm. Do you write any other forms of of writing? I I used to write fiction. I can't say that I'm the best at it, but you, like you've dabbled. I've, I've dabbled. I think we've learned that you're a big dabbler. Yeah, in many things. I like dip my toe in different pools. Never get all the way in for some reason. What do you think your primary genre is? I think right now I'll say CNF, 
it used to be poetry, but like once I learned about creative nonfiction, it was like, oh, this is a new world for me. I get to write about my life in a way that's actually interesting. <laughs> your life's interesting in the first book, but I get you're like presenting it. Yeah, because I didn't like fiction growing up, and I was like, eh. fiction's horrifying. I it's it's I, I'm, I'm in a fiction writing class right now, but it's it's scary. Yeah, fiction and nonfiction, because like nonfiction too dry and fiction to write, I can never get a full plot out. And dialogue, it anyway, in general in life, I like asking people what their favorite book is. Yes. Do you have a particular favorite book? That is in any of those genres, or even outside. I think, I think right now I would say, "The Kingdom of Ordinary Time" by Marie Howe, because nice. it's a really good book of poetry. It? It's poetry, and she's a Christian, so it's also interesting to see the way that she writes about that. And she does curse a couple of times, and it's quite jarring. But like. Hey, you can, I'm going to cite Rome for this from an intro from last year, but he said this is the unofficial <laughs> podcast, podcast, so you can, I mean, Christians can curse, do you know the Instagram, Christians who cuss a little? No. That's a good one. Anyway, oh my. Tangent. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you could, it, that's all welcome here. Yeah. Nice. Well, creative expression. As a writer, do you feel like you have any outside of the book you just mentioned any other kind of like inspirations for your writing mm. whether people or authors or people you know personally yes so while i didn't read as much fiction when i was younger because i preferred like classical writings great gatsby that's cool Literally that's a cool, seventh grader reading <laughs> great gatsby oh try hard um <laughs> no, you're just it's cool mysterious i know sort of but later on i really liked flannery o'connor that's yeah, I love Flannery O'Connor. It's so great. Um, who else? I can't think of anyone. Oh, Stephanie Garber. She wrote this book called I think it's Stephanie Garber mm-hmm. called Caraval, and I read that book like through and through. I showed it to my mom and forced her to read it, and she loved it. <laughs> so I think those would be inspirations for me. Is she also fiction, or is she she's a- fiction? Okay, and like. One interesting thing she did in her novel is that the main character explained her emotions in colors. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So it was like a synesthesiac sort of narrative. Uh, that's what the word I was trying to think of was like synesthesia. Yeah. And that's I nice. really enjoyed that. The main well, character made me angry because she kept doing stupid things. But other than that, I don't like that. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Outside of authors, or do you feel like there's any people in your personal life that have helped your writing, like professors or family or friends? For sure. Um, Drew Bratcher, for one, just because. Second time is I mean, yeah. Spirit filled <laughs> man. And I'm like in his class right now, and he's pushing me to write in different ways, so that's great. Um, one of my high school teachers, his name is Mr. Huff. He led like a poetry club, and that's when I actually began to write poetry more frequently. Yeah, he was a big inspiration for me. Yeah, totally. I kind of, I didn't explicitly say this before, but a lot of the questions I'm asking today, I'm kind of basing on like who, what, when. Mm -hmm. Things, we just went through the who section. Now we're going into the where section, and I was really curious. I feel like a lot of authors and writers cite physical spaces in their writing process, whether it's inspiration or, like, getting them in the writing flow. And I was curious if you 
had any physical spaces either on campus or at home or anywhere else in the world that not only you found yourself writing in frequently, but also maybe were like inspired by in your writing? Inspired by, I would say nature. Because I, mm-hmm. I feel like the first few poems I ever wrote was mainly about nature. Mm-hmm. And like then, nature that you would experience? Or... I don't know why I like nature. It's something about the sublime. Yeah. Um, and then physical spaces to write in. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's one specific space, but there's like a combination of things that make the space ripe. Mm-hmm. I don't like that word. <laughs> no, but I, I get <laughs> Prime. Yes, that's a good word. <laughs> um, warm lighting is a must. As we sit in a fluorescent lit room. Yeah. <laughs> I like fluorescent light for, like, academic writing. Mm-hmm. When creative, you need, like... Yes, warm lighting. Not overhead lighting. Warm lighting, cushioned seats. It's like plastic chairs. Exactly. <laughs> White noise. Like, a fan yeah. does wonders You're for my mental noise. Health. No. Oh, I listen to that probably 90% of the time I study. I've reached that point in my academic career where I, like, can't listen to music. Anyway, I, I, I love I white noise and brown noise. Like, I tried yesterday. I was writing an essay yesterday, and I tried listening to this one playlist on my Spotify, and I just kept dancing and singing to it. And I was like, nope, can't do this. Yeah. I'm turning it off. Yeah. I know we've talked about before, I listen to jazz a lot when I study, and I feel like we both talked about how we enjoy like jazz. jazz. Yeah. Do you have any favorite jazz artists? That you used to do when you studied? Mm. Ella Fitzgerald. Classic. Billy Holiday. Chet Baker. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Nat King Cole. As we're heading up into Christmas, I always think of Nat King Cole. Yeah. Love him. Love him. I haven't played the song, but I will do it <laughs> one time. <laughs> and then I was also curious we're talking about physical spaces that help us with our writing mm. basically just not the environment that we're in right now but that's okay we're not writing we're just chit um but what does the actual physical writing process look like for you um, when you get into a place with warm lighting and cushion seating that's a great question if i'm writing for an assignment then i have to write it and then realize that it's horrible and then pick a new topic um but if I got inspired randomly, then I can sit down for a solid 10 minute period and crank out maybe like 10 to 20 lines mm-hmm. of a poem. And I edit as I go, just That's to make it, because I'm an audible writer. So like- I, Like you read it out loud as you go? No, like as I'm, as I'm reading it and writing it, I like it to have a flow, like a, a, a meter and rhythm. Did you, going back to me talking about your music earlier, did you start writing music before you started writing, like, poetry? I just am curious if you this or Yes. Connected. I started writing music before I started writing poetry. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's how that translated. Yeah. But yeah. Um, what was the question? Give me a second. Oh, process. <laughs> writing process. Okay. But yeah, once I do that, I, I recently learned the art of a second draft. Because I hate second tracks. I know. They're so bad. I took poetry writing with Dr. Nanaka, and she was like, <laughs> drafting is your friend. And she says it that quietly. <laughs> She's so quiet. <laughs> She's so quiet. <laughs> but yeah, so that that is my writing process. Once I get it down, then I can 
develop the courage to yeah. break it apart. No, right. I get that though. Like having it in like spurts of energy. Mm. Like I can't like truly just for the first time for an assignment I had for in class, I like spaced it out. And I like don't have as good of writing when I do that. Like yeah. when I like have times mm. to write. Like I always feel like I'm like, oh, I either write now mm. and I get it all done or I just will never write. Fair. Which is not good. It's something but. sometimes I experience that. But like even in my poetry writing class, my classmates were a little like a little mad at me because whenever we had a writing prompt in class, she would give us five to eight minutes. And by the end of the five to eight minutes, I had a full poem. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's not good. It's just somewhat. <laughs> no, I mean, I was just jealous. It's okay. No. Um, when you are in that writing process, do you come up with an idea? Like, do you have an idea and then you begin writing? Or do you like begin writing and come up with the idea as you go? Or like, what is like the idea kind of brainstorming process look like for you? It depends on whether or not I have a prompt, but like usually 99% of the time I'm just processing as I go. Yeah. Like I have a topic that I'm writing about mm-hmm. and I'm figuring out what I'm actually writing about as I continue down. Yeah. I know there's a quote somewhere. I don't remember who it's by, which is how poetry like has an idea at the beginning and it's a transformed idea at the end. And so, yeah, that's, that's all I had. I just feel like that's kind of sounds like what you were Definitely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For now we're transitioning to the next section of oh. specifically the poem that you submitted for our last edition, Rapunzel to the Prince. I was wanting to see if you would read it out loud before we began to talk about it. Sure. That would be cool. Rapunzel to the Prince. What do you want? I can hear your bellows from the windowsill. Beckon, beckon, call, and who are you? I know only mother and the kitchen sink. Are you the roach beneath my dresser? Though he does not rise to call my name at dawn, his search is food. What do you search for? No matter. I have cut my hair. When you're reading, I was just thinking about how you were talking about the meter mm-hmm. and like sound um, that influences your poetry, and I feel like it really mm-hmm. stood out then. Like, there's a couple times where. You like, especially the beck and beck and call and who are you, the way you said that. Mm. I like that. So for this poem, I was going to go back into my who, what, why questions. But the first one was, for this poem, was there anyone who specifically inspired or helped this work? Slash, I'm going to amend it as I go, not only anyone, but any specific thing that maybe you experienced or you saw that gave you this idea for this poem. Um... So I might be I might be delving into some of your other questions here, but okay. like, this was a prompted poem in my creative writing class. So the prompt was to write a persona poem, which is like when you take on the person of someone else. This time it's a figment of imagination. So that's what I did. And the idea was what if I changed the story of Rapunzel? Because personally, I think it's really creepy how the story goes. Even if, like, you know, her mother is technically a witch and is keeping her in a tower. If a random man comes up to your window and starts calling your name when you've never met him in person, I, I would be a little confused and discomforted in that, in that moment. Yes. 
So that that's what inspired my writing of this work. It was yeah. like, okay, I'm I'm looking at the story. How would I actually react to it? I feel like there's a lot of fairy tales where like we just like allow Yeah. We just excuse a lot of behavior exactly. that happens. That's how I feel about the the, the Brothers Grimm version of every it's everything. Yeah. Like Sleeping Beauty. Wild. Isn't it like Ariel? Like it's her. Like maybe this is grotesque, and I hope that I'm not wrong. And I did just make this up in my subconscious. But doesn't she like get her legs chopped off? Isn't that a thing? I feel like she never gets her the love. Split. She never gets the love of the prince, and she ends up one of those weird seaweed thingies that Ursula was crushing. Oh, <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> This is a complete sidebar. Did you, did you ever read the Mary Poppins book? No. I read it. Book. In the, yeah. And her, like, oh, yeah. In, in it, she, like, take, like, she, her fingers are made of candy in it, and she, like, breaks them off and, like, gives them to children. My that's mom was reading this to me as a kid. At that point, we, like, stopped reading. She's like, maybe we don't continue. Anyway, that has nothing to do with this poem. But oh, wow. There's some old stories and things like that that are just, what, what were they thinking? Yes. What were they thinking? I'm sure they had a point creative genius and all yeah do you well we talked about one of my other questions was the story behind this poem but i'm gonna amend that again is there anything when i read this for the first time i felt like there was some aspects even though it's a response to an older fairy tale and how like weird it is Mm -hmm. i do think that there's a lot of things in it that kind of mimic and echo like our modern world is this poem in response to anything more set in, like, modernity mm-hmm. rather than just, like, a response to, like, a literary piece? Mm-hmm. I would say to an extent because modern dating culture confuses me. Yeah. Especially, <laughs> like, the concept of romantic movies and, like, the guy is wooing the girl and she's completely helpless and... Ooh, we all fall for it. <laughs> but, like, don't get me wrong. I love a good Christmas Hallmark movie. I think the summer before I wrote this poem, I was at home, and whenever my mom and I watched a Hallmark movie, I was just like, that's so unhealthy, the way that he's treating yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. like, absolutely not. I hate it. So yeah. that might be what inspired the voice <laughs> of the poem. Like, the words are modern. Yeah. And the voice is like, why, why are you here? I'm yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> what do you want? Just a first slide. What yes, do you want? Because it's changing this narrative of the female is obliged to yeah. sort of believe everything that this heroic male is saying. Yeah. Whereas this is not a damsel in distress. She's perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. I also wanted to touch on throughout this piece, you ask a question four times. And I, this ties into what you're talking about. Like, what do you want? What do you, it feels very modern, but I think also asking, like, who are you? What do you feel like the role of, like, questions played throughout all of this? Whether, like, as a literary technique or as, like, the content itself? It's a great question. I don't think I was, like, thinking of it because I was writing it. <laughs> yeah. But the, the question that I like most is, are you the roach beneath my dresser? Yeah. Because, like, I'm not saying it directly, but I am heavily implying that you are a roach. <laughs> And we all know who it is. Like, the who are you question, the reader can imply. Mm-hmm. But I think after reading it and hearing your question, the questions in the poem 
sort of act like this way of getting the reader to engage with the concepts I'm challenging mm -hmm. because I know what I'm trying to challenge, but I'm also trying to get the reader to get on the same page that I am. Yeah. One of my other questions was, what was your favorite line in this poem? I feel like you kind of touched on that. Are you the brooch beneath my dresser? Oh, yeah. Love. It's a good one. <laughs> I was also going to ask, is there any particular reason as to why you chose Rapunzel, chose this poem to discuss, or like this topic to discuss? In, in comparison to maybe some other fairy tales or other, like, topical things. Um, that's so big, topical things, but... <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I, I genuinely do not remember. All I remember is that I didn't want to do a real person because that, <laughs> that required too much research for the assignment. A creative nonfiction editor. I'm sorry. What can I say? No, it's... I'm a huge... <laughs> I have inconsistencies. Um, mysterious. It's a mysterious woman. Uh, I mean, I like Rapunzel, the movie, so that could have been it. That's so true. Maybe it was just the concept in general of being in a tower. Or maybe my friends were talking about the movie. At some Something point. you're subconscious. Maybe. I love that. Yeah. One of the last questions I had was... The last line was really fascinating to me. I have cut my hair because I feel like that departs a lot from the traditional like story of like when the prince comes to the tower, like her hair mm. is like present and like a main part of the story. Mm. Um, but one, I thought it was interesting that she has already cut it. But also two, I misread it at first and I thought it said I will or like, but no matter, I will cut my hair. And it was just interesting to me that it was like not something that she was, like, doing in response to the unwanted attention, or, like, kind of, like, it's not something that she did in response, but something that's already happened, mm -hmm. and I wanted you to uh, elaborate more on that, because I thought that was so fascinating, mm -hmm. um, and I found it to be really interesting um, about the poem, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Cool. Um, I think it gives the narrator, which is Rapunzel in this case, a really big sense of agency because like I forget what happens in the Brothers Grimm story but at least in the movie itself like what is it what is his name Flynn Rider Eugene Fitzgerald Eugene Fitzgerald <laughs> he like gives Rapunzel agency by cutting her hair and, mm -hmm. and like freeing her metaphorically mm -hmm. from the chains of the oppressive mother but in this context, she takes her own agency, which I thought was necessary for this sort of voice, as well as the sort of situation. It's like, I think it could be read either way, but I like I like the reading you had where she cut her hair, before, not as a response, but as her own mm -hmm. sort of thing separated from the event. Um, yeah, Independence. And you really fed into my last question was, what are your thoughts on Disney's Tangled? I've from... been waiting for this question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Love Disney's Tangled. Anymore. Like, the bottom of my heart. It's good. It's so good. And Eugene Fitzherbert, just like the story behind Flynn Rider is so funny. Like how they, how they created him. Yeah, I was like, not going to say that. 
group of women and they were like, oh, yeah. describe the perfect man. And there he is. <laughs> Lynn Ryder. And there he is. Like that one and Tadashi Hamada from Big Hero 6. Yeah. Why does Disney do that? <laughs> Why did they do that? Well, I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Time. Yeah. Well, are there any final thoughts of anything that maybe we have not covered that you kind of find to be important or implied in the text that I did not touch on? I'm not an English major, so I close oh. readings are like not my my forte. So I was really trying with this one. I appreciate it. I didn't really do. Um, I don't want to say. Oh, okay. There's one question here. What do you search for? Mm -hmm. That was really fun to write. <laughs> because, like, in in comparison to the roach, which we all have a cultural understanding of a roach being sort of disgusting, it mm -hmm. flattens itself to get through crevices. Oh, I didn't know you that. You cut off its That's head cool. and it lives for seven days. Oh, like, this thing is impenetrable. There's so much. And then it's searching for food and you get that comparison to the prince that is now at her doorstep and she asks what do you search for mm -hmm. and then like i made that one a question specifically because i'm feeding into this narrative of relationships and hookup culture and things mm -hmm. like that where like why why are you here when yeah. you don't know me what are you looking for in a relationship that too yeah but like if, if you're with if you're meeting this person for the first time and you're calling out their name trying to get them to follow you yeah what are you actually looking for if you don't know me you're not looking for me yeah i also thought it was interesting two of the questions i felt like kind of were asking something similar though implied very different things as what do you want versus what do you search for i feel like it implies this idea of someone looking for something but is it like is that actually what they want mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Maybe that was me reading into it as well. But no, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I think that was my final. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on. This was so much fun. We talked about music and Tangled and Roaches, and it was a fantastic time. So thank you so much for joining Amari Johnson, everyone. <gasps> Yay. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. And we will be back again in next week interviewing, I don't know who it is off the top of my head, someone super interesting and super cool. We'll see. You'll have to listen to the next one to find out. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening.